Morning Church family, um, did you guys all enjoy your last uh, kind of daylight saving hour? I think that's because right, right? Because no more. We, we, we are not we are not um, uh, changing the time anymore. To, to my recollections, I, I think we are not going to change our last uh, last time that we're we're actually changing that. Uh, and um, this morning, this morning, um, somebody actually came to church one hour early, uh, and so. Uh, oh, I know all, right? Uh, you, you really didn't get to enjoy that one hour of sleep. Now, you know what? Can you guys believe it's November already? Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but you know what? Where did January and October go? I, I, I have no idea when those just months just kind of flew by. And when we think of November, right? When we think of November, what comes to your mind? What comes to mind, Right. Thanksgiving, good, good. Food, right? Food, right? So, hey, you know what? Um, certainly we have so many things that we are thankful for. Now, during this month, the whole month of Thanksgiving, I have a habit uh, for the past 20 years, I, I just kind of recollect uh, the, the things that, that I've been thankful for from January to, to October, and I've been doing it for a, a long time. And I feel like Christmas came a little early this year because God has graciously provided us with this beautiful place that we call home, right? And, and for us to worship. Yeah, okay, let's, 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 let's thank God. Let's, amen, amen, amen. But th- this is not where I'm going with this, okay? This is not where I'm going with this because the month of November at CLC is social justice month. Now, those of you guys who are for the first time or those of you guys who are just recently coming back, the month of November will always be a social justice month. Now, um, you know what? These days, I am forgetting a lot of things. And maybe it's because of the things that I'm going through right now, but I am forgetting. I forgot to bring the prize for... Now, do you, does anyone remember last year's social justice sermon theme. Anyone? Anyone? Okay, good that I didn't bring the prize. <laughs> no, seriously, anyone? No? Any, don't remember last year, like, you know, Pastor Ben, I don't even remember what I ate yes, you know, yesterday. Anyone remember? No, 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 no. Last year's sermon series theme was, and justice for all. Oh, actually, uh, Pastor Eric Maybe the pastor staff knew. I mean, they didn't. They didn't really say anything. But anyways, this year, this year, because you can't remember for justice for all. Okay, we're, we're gonna call it just us. Do you get it? Justice, just us. Okay. Now it is easy for you to remember. So next year, when I start off the sermon series, when, when I have, hey, what was last year's? It's gonna be just. Just us. Easy to remember, right? Now, as we come to each Sundays for the month of November, we want you to think about one question. Okay? And we want you to think about one question. It's on the, the website. It was, it, was, it was given to you in the e-news. And that one question is, is it justice to think only of just us? Okay? Is it justice... For you to think only just us. And the passages that three speakers will be preaching from, uh, myself today, and, and next week, um, Lori Adams-Brown, 
who is a director of Echo Compassion and an advocate for social justice ministry in Fremont. Uh, we'll be here next week. And the following week, we're going to have Phil Bollingdyer from IV staff. Uh, some of us maybe we're very, very familiar with. And he's going to be talking about, or they're going to be talking about certain social issues like women in ministries or women in the society or racial con- reconciliations. And the passages that we're all going to go through, the basis, is from Amos chapter 5, verse 21 to 24. And it, it doesn't stop there. To conclude this year's um, sermon series and to celebrate Thanksgiving, we have, as Ivan just mentioned, we have a very, very special plan for you. We have invited a church up in Sacramento, a New Beginning Fellowship Choir, and the, uh, some of their choir is going to be coming with their folks to celebrate Thanksgiving with us in, in a musical choir. Now, I have a, I have a prayer request. Um, the, the pastor actually texted me uh, this week, earlier this week, saying that, hey, uh, one of uh, the worship pastor who was supposed to stay there on the 27th um, cannot. So his son who is also the, the, the worship pastor, has to fill in. And so they're, they're not, maybe there's a possibility that they may not make it for our Sunday service. They'll come at 3.30. But I, I said, we still have some time. So can, can you find a replacement uh, worship pastor so that all your team could come? So I, I have a prayer request that, you know what, they could actually find a worship pastor. So for that time in the morning so that they could actually come and, and celebrate with us during our worship time. Because, you know, it, it's not really easy for to move the whole church, right? Especially 12 people uh, where, where they're worshiping and to come and worship with us. So that, that is exactly what we are having planned. And as Yvonne said again, on the 20th, we have Nicole Lim, um, the director of Freely Free and Hope, to come and, and share a luncheon and to share more of our incredible journey and stories of what is happening in Freely Hope. And so what I want you to do is kind of buckle up uh, and get excited as we go on this kind of a social justice sermon ride in the month of November. You know, um, as the staff were preparing for this year's social justice series, I've been kind of more aware of how shelter I am. And most of the parts, I've done it to myself. I mean, if you really look around, right? Look around, like injustice permeates our world. And yet Christians, we often turn our blind eyes to what's happening in this world. Now, if you are a current affair person, um, you guys know what happened just last week uh, in Korea. 155 people were killed. Um, I, I don't even think it's, it's a stampede. It, it, it's, they were all gathered in, in one street. There were so many people in that one street. And, and when they heard that there was a celebrity, they all kind of migrated to that. And, and, and you know what? The bottom line is that there were 150 people killed on that street because, you know what? There, there were so many people, they, they, they were crushed. Uh, they, they were stampeded over, and people were just kind of, you know, going over their lives. Now, here is here is the other side of the story: is that 
while it was happening in that one small narrow road, the street over, there was a party going on. They were celebrating Halloween. They were dancing. They were drinking. And they were oblivious to what was happening the street right next door. And when I kind of heard that news, I feel like sometimes we become like that. As Christians, you know, we're supposed to go and serve and yet we have no idea. Now, we either don't know what's happening in the world or sometimes we turn the other ways. But either ways, does not ring a hollow bell in our, in our souls that when we don't really love and serve those around whom God has placed in our lives? And as the pastors were going through the sermon series, I was happening to go through the book of Amos as, as my personal devotions, and I became more convicted. I became more convicted and lost at some times. I was convicted because, you know what, being a, not being a small part of the solutions in our society. Or sometimes I, I, I hide my head underneath my comfortable pillow. I often do that when my wife tells me, honey, wake up, right? Like, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? You kind of go under your, your comfy pillow and you hide yourselves at that we could become part of the problems. And last week, as Pastor Calvin you know, spoke something that really struck a core at my heart, and when he mentioned avoidance, avoidance can be worse than outright hatred. And I sat right back there, and I thought a moment, now, why did the statement, avoidance could be outright, it's, it's more worse than in hatred. Why did that pierce my heart? And I began to kind of ponder and I just began to speak to God and says, you know what, why, why? And all of a sudden God began to speak to me and says, you know what, everybody in this room, we're here because we want to grow. We want to grow in Christ. We want to be mature in Christ, right? Is there anybody who is in this room, right? You come because you know what? Hey, I, I am, I am happy with the status quo. Okay. I, I am, I'm happy with, with not growing, not willing to mature, not willing to grow up. And I realize the biggest obstacles to our progress is something that we've been doing most of our lifetime, and that is avoidance. We ignore. Now, seriously, you know what? If you're not growing, if you're not growing physically, there's got to be something wrong with you, right? And we go to the hospital. We realize, we ask the doctors, how come I come? I'm not growing, or my kids are not growing, and yet, how often do you ask the question, if you're not growing spiritually... Because you're just kind of ignoring or you're avoiding some of the things that you're going through in your lives. Now you see, uh, the God that we serve cares for every single people in our lives. 
It's not just those people we call them, you know, Lord, Lord. It's, you know, God doesn't just love those people. God so loved the world. And that he wants us to, you know, fall in madly in love with him so that, so that, and by doing so, we will show that crazy love to the people around. And I'm sure you've always been asked the question, Pastor Ben, what is the opposite of love? And if you're mature, it's not hate. It's indifference. It's avoidance. Looking the other way. So as we spend these next couple of weeks, we want all of you to pray that the message of justice just goes beyond thinking just about us. As conversation will begin to draw the gift of many, coming up with actions of grace, mercy, and love, and generosity. Because, because we have been set apart for God's glory. So I want to pause here for a moment and I want to pray. And that is the intention of the pastoral staff for the month of November as we celebrate Social Justice Month. And I want you to think about is it justice to only think about just us? So let me pray. Father God, this morning, it's been a long introduction, but Lord, I just want to really get across that you did not place our ministry here at 79 Mountain Boulevard so that we would only care about us. I pray, Father Lord, that right now that you will tug the hearts of all who are sitting in this room. And I just pray, Father Lord, that help us to have that heart to flow that love to the other cities, states, nations, and ultimately to the ends of the earth. And I pray, Father Lord, that right now, as you begin to tug in our hearts, I pray, Father, that no one in this room will be avoiding or turning the other way I ask in the name of Jesus, help us to mature and to grow in you by the doing things that you allow us to do. Father, I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so, how many of you guys know the story of Amos? It's tucked away in one of the minor prophets. Or even for that matter, how many of you guys know all the stories of the minor prophets? Like Hosea, Micah, even the likes of Joel. You know, um, I kind of feel for these kind of minor prophets. Because you know what? Um, you really don't know. You have no idea, right, that, that, you know what, Amos. Sometimes, you know what, you ask the youth kids, like, you know, hey, can you turn to the book of Joel? Like, oh, Joel. Right? You have no idea, right? You've never heard of these people, right? Just like Amos. Sometimes maybe some of you guys have never read, really read the book on Amos, right? Now, he, he comes from very, very obscure. No one has heard of him before coming onto the scene. And, you know, one of the differences about the book of Amos or Amos is that Amos is not mentioned in any of the Bibles except for the book of Amos. Now, other Bibles... They mention like Micah, uh, Joel, and, and Obadiah, right? Uh, but Amos is only mentioned in this book. So he had no notability, 
no great family or background. Now, as far as wealth and importance or influence, I mean, he had no resume. All we know, all we know of him is that he was a harvester of a sycamore fig from a place called Tekoa. Okay, not Topeka, okay, Kansas? Okay, it's Tekoa, okay? Right, Tekoa. Now, have you guys ever heard of Tekoa? Right, like none, right? And, and you know what? Whenever we read stories like Amos, we can all relate. Because the Bible says God has chosen the foolish things of the world to comfort the wise, and the weak things of the world to put shame in those who are mighty. And one of the reasons why I love the book of Amos, or for that matter, all the minor prophets, is because we all love an underdog beating the giant stories. And I feel like the book of Amos is that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the pastoral staff, we had an uh, invitation to a luncheon. Um, uh, we invited a guy by the name of Eugene Cho. Now, that was the book that was supposed to be the prize. Those of you who guys guessed last year's sermon series, uh, it says, Thou shall not be a jerk, right? It was the book. So we were invited, and, and Eugene Cho. Now, some of you guys are like, oh, who is Eugene Cho? Now, he is like one of the upcoming Asian-American uh, speaker. Uh, he is the president first Asian president of Bread for the World. For 120 years, they've all had Caucasian presidents, but he first came to become the president of Bread for the World. After he resigned from a church in Seattle, he became the interim speaking pastor at Willow Creek, and he also became the interim speaking pastor for Wick Warren's church in Saddleback in Irvine, California. Now, um, I, I knew who he was because I had heard of him, and he, because he was Korean American, I, I know who he was. And, and I didn't know he was that f- popular or famous. Now you have no idea how popular this guy is or famous this guy is. Anyways, we were having lunch, and he told a very, very funny story because you know what? Hey, uh, I get invited to a lot of these places, and, and, and at the end of each, you know, book signing, right? Book signing, that people come up to me and says, "Hey." Uh, Francis Chan, can you sign my book? <laughs> and, 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 and Eugene Cho, it gets dawned on the fact that, you know what? It's advertised, it's flyers, there's banners out there. It says Eugene Cho signing book, right? And people come up and ask, hey, Francis Chan, can you sign my book? And so one day, one time, he actually signed that person's book, Francis Chan. Oh, he did, he did, he did, he did. And he actually wrote something as, as if he was Francis Chan. Now, the reason I tell you the story is because I feel like that story kind of relates to what the book of Amos is all about. Because that's exactly who Amos was. A person of no notability, and yet and God uses to lift up. In the book of Amos, chapter 1 and chapter 2, God uses this obscure man to point out the problems of the northern kingdom that he's going to roll, roar from the mountain Zion and that his judgment plan is coming. If you read in chapter 3 to chapter 6, God gives a reason for his judgment. He, he explains why I'm going to judge the northern kingdom. Now, during a time the northern kingdom is divided to the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom is called Israel, the southern kingdom is, is called Judah, Right? And he gives a reason why, in chapter 3 to chapter 6, why I'm going to judge. And in chapter 7 to chapter 9, he reviews, or he reveals through the prophet the representation of that judgment. 
that there will be a different visions and depictions of that judgment, and that is coming. It's very, very similar to the prophet Joel describing the days of the Lord. The day of the Lord is very, very absolutely unbearable and unimaginable from a physical suffering standpoint. And I feel like, I feel like if you were to read the book of Amos, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like what God is saying, what is God is saying to Israel, what God is saying to me, or God is saying to all of us is like, can you hear me? He's knocking on the doors and he's saying, can you hear me? Now, have you guys ever um, seen a telephone commercial uh, where the phone rings and the, and the person picks it up, and, and the other side, the person says, can you hear me? And he goes, oh, yeah. But he goes to the other side and says the same thing, too. can you hear me now? And he goes, yeah. And, and, and he goes to the other location, he goes, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? And he goes, yeah, I can hear you. And, and, and then that's the kind of the, the, the story of that commercial. And I feel like, I feel like, that's exactly what God is saying through this prophet Amos. Through a variety of both blessings and blastings from Mount Zion. The Lord is saying to the, the, the people of Israel, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? As you're listening, I hope you're not just looking at me, right? You're, right now, you're, you're thinking... Okay, so this year's sermon series is called Justice. Is it justice to think only about justice? As you're listening to the background of the book of Amos, the one-liner that I feel like God is telling us, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? I'm asking you right now, what is God tugging at your heart? What, what is God speaking to you right now? What does God want you to do? How you want to mature. How God wants you to grow up in Christ. This week, it was a very, very difficult week for me because, and you guys know that um, my mom passed away last Saturday. And I was down in SoCal preparing for the funeral. And as I walked in on Monday to my mom's house, for the first time, there was a rush of this emotional flood of emotions. As I was going through her clothes, books, jackets. I mean, every time when the garage door opened, my mom would open the garage door and says, Welcome on. And she would have this, this big smile. And every time, you know, I, I'm not really skinny, right? I'm kind of overweight. And, and every time that we would eat together, my mom would always say, eat more. Like only the love of mom, right? And this week, I, I, I was really, really having a hard time because there was that, there was that welcome that, that, that my mom was saying. N- not the presence. And this week, as I spent this week trying to tidy up, what God was kind of tugging at my heart is, of all the disobedience, which made my, my mom break her heart. 
week, there was a lot of repentance. And, and I feel like if we are the people of God, that all of us who are right now listening to the Word of God, you guys should be listening and listening well. That, you know what, can you hear? Can you hear the injustices that are happening in this world? And what are you, and what is the church going to do? Now, why was God judging the northern kingdom? Why? The first reason was because of their privileged positions. The people of Israel were saying, you know what, I am the chosen race. I am the chosen people. And God is exactly saying to him, says, and that's exactly why I'm going to judge you the way I am, because the punishment will be commensurated by the privileges of the northern kingdom. You know, people of Israel were saying, you know what, I am the chosen, I am the privilege. And they were in avoidance, they were ignorant of what was happening in the world. And if you guys read in Luke chapter 12, verse 48, Jesus says, to whom much has been given to you, so much shall be required. You know, the month of November, Thanksgiving, right? And if you really, really think about your own life, man, I, I am so privileged. And God has given in my own life a lot of affluence. A lot of things that, you know what, that some people, I, I, I remember, I remember one year a missionary from Kenya came over to our church and I asked the son, the, the, the missionary's son says, you know what, Michael, what do you want for Christmas? And he said, you know what, I want a Jordan. I want a Jordan's shoes, right? The Nike shoes, right? And that, seriously, that, you know what, that's all you want? It's Jordan. And, and he said, Pastor, but you have no idea. I've been asking God for 10 years for a pair of Jordan shoes. And I was driving home, and you have no idea how, how blessed I was because, you know what, if my son was able to say, Dad, I, I want a pair of Jordans, I could afford to give my son a pair of Jordans. And that's exactly why God was punishing the people of Israel because they had so much and yet and they weren't willing to let go. The second reason why God was punishing the northern kingdom was because of the prophetic revelations. He warned them again and again and again, I am going to judge if you continue to sin. It wasn't just Amos. He used many, many other prophets over a long period of time. If you don't return to me, that I am going to judge for your sins. Sort of like that commercial I just mentioned to you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? But the people of the northern kingdom, they were simply in avoidance and turning the other way. And finally, the third reason being for their persistent oppressions. And this is the highlight of the book of Amos. Because the northern kingdom, they were oppressing the poor, the needy, withholding justice. 
They, they were changing laws to suit their notables. And, and they were like buying off the judges. Rather than seeking out opportunity to do justice, love mercy, walk humbly, the people of the northern kingdom embraces their arrogance, idolatry, self-righteousness, and materialisms only to themselves that God is deeply moved when one nation deals cruelly within the nations and when the weak and the helpless in society is crushed by the powerfuls. If you have never read the book of Amos, go home today. As we're going through the book of Amos, read it for yourself. See it for yourself what the northern kingdom were doing to the poor, the needy, the marginalized, the, the, the widows, the homeless people. And that's why Amos communicates to the people of northern kingdom what God utters. And that's exactly what the passage is. Amos 5, 21 to 24, he says, I hate... I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I'm not going to accept you guys. Though you bring choices, fellowship offerings, I will have no regards for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I'm not going to listen to the music of your hearts. But let justice roll like a river, righteousness like a never-falling stream. You know, I would hate for God to look at our ministry and say, I'm not going to listen to your songs anymore. I'm not going to listen to your, your musical instruments anymore. I, I would hate to see God looking at our ministry and say, you know what, no more. And let justice roll on a river, righteous like a never falling streams. I, I would hate to see our ministry... Where we love God, love people, and to serve the world. It's only a theme. It's only a passion. It's only a vision that we have. But we never accomplish those things. But Amos was actually particularly concerned. As he saw the social systems set up by the Lord. Not working. Because in, in, in Amos chapter 6 verse 6, it says Joseph was in ruins, having thoroughly ransacked. That's what Amos is saying. Or even chapter 5 verse 11, the land's tenure system provided the least means for each individual to participate. But Amos saw it instead of rapidly expanding only to the upper class. And the lower class incapable of making enough or even a substance... And they were forced to sell themselves into debt and into slavery. Chapter 2, verse 6 into 8. And so God uses Amos to shout out his justice. A system that makes it possible for people to thrive in a system of free corruptions. That would deprive them of what they need to survive and to flourish. And Amos is saying, it should be a system where merchants are honest. Like, when was the last time you guys ever go to Asia and the merchants are honest? Like, like you know you're getting the, 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 the rotten the deal, right? Like, you know, like, hey, you know, come on. But you know the fact that they're lying to you, right? But it's a system where the merchants are honest. And the judges are not corruptible. It should be a system where those have been treated unjustly 
have a free access to, to, to go to the courts. And in the words of Amos, let the justice roar like a river, righteous like a never failing stream. Amos 5.24. Now, so far, okay, I got it. I've read the book of Amos. I, I get it. But here's a real problem. Here's a real problem that lies with us and in our community. Isn't it in our culture that we give compliments sometimes only to those who compliments back? Or we give time and efforts only to those people who will also turn and serve us. Here's a great message of Amos. That's great. I feel like sometimes the problem that lies is that we only get to do these kind of things with the immediate circle in our familiarities. And I feel like if the Holy Spirit is right now tucking at your hearts, and if you're listening well, Jesus is constantly saying to us, listen, you also need to be able to take care of those people who don't have the resources to pay you back. Or... Even some of those people don't have the social skills even to say thank you. Isn't it sometimes righteous for us, if I were to give you something, at least you know what, say thank you. But there are people outside of our familiar circles that they don't even have the social skills to be able to say thank you. What about this? Or... They don't even have the social skills to even, even, right, celebrate your kindness. But when you, when they receive the gifts that you've given, they turn away sometimes in in anger and resentment. Have you ever experienced something like that? You, you, You wanted to be righteous, you wanted to be gracious, and you go out and you try to feed the homeless and whatnot, and they're all in anger. And they turn back. They say something to you. And I feel like that has to be okay because we are willing to leave a lasting mark for Christ. It's okay that, you know what, they don't thank us back. It's okay that, you know what, we have those opportunities and yet, you know what, they don't even really appreciate our kindness. But that has to be okay because we are willing to leave a lasting mark for Christ for those who do not know. At this luncheon that we were invited, Eugene, Eugene said something that, that I wanted to prove. I, I'm always intrigued. He, during his kind of message, he said, you know what? I had this, this tugging of God's heart. You, you see, Eugene Cho had one of the most successful ministry. Now, successful meaning there were thousands of people coming to church. They, 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 were, they were gathering a lot of offerings and they were doing a lot of, you know, all these you know, things as a mega church. I think their church was like five, six thousand people. 
And one day, Eugene was having this devotion, and God was pulling his heart. He said, you know what, are you satisfied being the lead pastor of this mega church? And he wasn't sure. He, he, he didn't know what was happening in his heart. And he was praying, and he was, you know, talking to his wife. And, and, and during lunch, and he said something, you know, something happened. Something happened. And he didn't really reveal to us what happened. So after everybody was gone, me and a couple of pastors, we took him out for coffee and asked, Hey, Eugene, so what happened? What happened that you left your, your successful ministry, a comfortable place to go to a non-profit, Bread for the World. And he's always challenging people. There are 11 million people in America that does not have food each night. Not only in America, but there is more than billions of people in this world that are starving and going hungry. So what happened? What made you to leave a comfortable bed and to go into the direction of social justice? And he looked me in the eye and says, you know what, Ben? You won't believe. One of the congregation bought him a brand new car. Really nice car. It starts with L. Oh, he loved the car. He washed it, he waxed it. Honey, look. This is the love of my congregation. And one night he was, uh, he was going out to uh, dinner with his wife in, in, a, in a, a very, very upscale. When he came out of the restaurant, he realized somebody had keyed. Somebody had keyed his entire car. Oh, was he angry. He, he was sobbing. He was crying. Oh God, who did this to my car? He was annoyed. He was angry. He was shocked. Why me, God? Why me? It's the first brand new car. And all of a sudden, at that moment, God had him turn his eyes to the corners of that upscale restaurants, and there were a mom and two kids who were homeless. They were suffering. And God started to speak to him. You are going to glorify this car. And you call yourself a pastor. And that moment, when God struck a chord in his life, he said, you know what? I'm going to let go. So that was the motivation for him to step down from one of the most successful ministries in Seattle to go into an area that he had no idea. He said he's still learning. And I want to ask this question to you guys. As we're going through this sermon service called Just Us, is it justice to think only about just us? And yet there are so many people, so many opportunities, 
that, that God is placing our, our own lap and sometimes is it outrageous for us to be in avoidance to ignore so as we continue go on as Lori comes in next week talk about women in ministry women in society and Phil comes about in terms of racial reconciliations between the Asian Americans and the African Americans I really want you guys to think is it justice to only think about just us let's pray Father God I thank you so very much Lord I feel like once again Christmas came early as you've given us this beautiful place for us to worship but I ask in the name of Jesus would you allow us Father God to think and think alone this this month or even past this month Father God is it justice to only think about just us Father I thank you in Jesus name we pray Amen Amen